The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out the free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows, download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast, we've got First Strike, Long Shots, and many, many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. This is Follow the Money right here on VEASAN. And, you know, the Lombardi Line, I think Patrick Maher does a great job with Michael Lombardi uh, every day here on VEASAN. I miss doing the show on Wednesday because I get to talk football with Michael Lombardi. So we get him on a Thursday mm-hmm. on Follow the Money. Michael, it's great to have you on the program again. And again, we were talking, Matt and I, yesterday, trying to read the tea leaves here. When you see Tom Brady at 45-1 to 1 to win MVP next year, Michael, he's retired. So the numbers are still out there. Are you buying in that possibly maybe something gets worked out, whether it's Tampa Bay or elsewhere, that we see Tom Brady under center on a team near you next year? You know, I I would have a hard time thinking Tom Brady would go somewhere else. I mean, first of all, he has multiple years left on his contract. If he retires uh, and submits his letter, which is the procedure he has to follow, uh, then that, that his contract becomes property of the Bucks. And the only way he could leave and go to free agency is if the Bucks traded him or the Bucks outright released him, which they're not going to do. So for me, I think there's a lot of this story that is kind of, it helps add to the story that we're going to talk about all off season, which is Deshaun Watson, which is Aaron Rodgers, which are all these stories that really people kind of tend to make up until there's actually facts that back them up. Yeah, you got a lot of soap opera storylines here. Is, is it possible that Brady, uh, I guess, could be traded to the San Francisco 49ers, Garoppolo sent to Tampa Bay, something like that? Is that possible, Mike? Well, I mean, anything's possible. I would not rule out anything, Matthew. Okay. I, I think anything's possible. But I would sense that, you know, if Brady is building a huge home in Miami, Florida, uh, in that billionaire's island, I'm not sure what it's called. But he bought this property for $17 million. He tore down the house, which, you know, I'm sure you've done the same thing in Las Vegas, Matt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He tore down the house, and now he's going to erect this enormous mansion. And let me add a little fuel to this conversation. The, the gentleman named Beal, I think his name is Brad Beal, who's the part owner of the Miami Dolphins, 
is is also talked a lot about that he will become the uh, owner of the Dolphins if Stephen Ross has to sell the team or if Stephen Ross sells the team, period, to those two scenarios. Beal has the option to buy the team. Beal's best friend is Tom Brady. Okay. So, all right, let's just so, – so if we want to play the conspiracy theory, if we want to be the anti-Warren commission, then <laughs> why would Brady leave Miami mm-hmm. – when he's best friends with a guy who's in line to become the owner of the Dolphins, and why would he go anywhere else to do that? So, yes, San Francisco's home, but home is where you buy $17 million and tear it down. I, I'll, I'll just throw the quarterback question to you. Tell me what you think is going to happen with each guy at this point. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I think Aaron Rodgers re-signs at Green Bay for over $50 million a year. I think oh. they franchise Devontae Adams, and I think they try to run it back. I think they say, you know what, the Rams did it. Let's do it. We've got to do this. We, we can't let this go. I think Russell Wilson has to stay in Seattle because Pete, Pete Carroll knows. When, when you start throwing people off the ship, close friends like Mike Solari, like Ken Norton, and you start making changes to your coaching staff, you basically have been told, you better fix this next year or you're gone. Mm-hmm. And if Pete's got to fix it next year, why would he get rid of the one guy that can help him fix it? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Geno Smith. Who's he going to get back as a quarterback? Like, who's he getting back? So I think that would be hard for me to imagine. Now, I, I think ultimately, when you look at Deshaun, until he gets through the court proceedings, which I'm told by a, a team in the league that's desperately in need of a quarterback, that there's, there's still the, the element of the criminal charges could still be filed here. So there's a lot of hurdles that he has to overcome. I'm not saying he can't do it, but we know this. The one thing I could say for certain on February the 17th is Deshaun Watson won't play football for the Texans ever again. I think that's clear. Um, yeah, Bruce Beal, that is a very interesting scenario in Michael the, in Miami, Michael, that you bring up there because it also would make sense if the Bucks were to trade him to trade him at a conference so that they don't have to see him again possibly in San Francisco or elsewhere. I. Michael, I do want to ask you very quickly because Matt and I were talking about it when we heard uh, Paulie and Mitch talk about Sean McVay after the Super Bowl. And it's almost interesting. It feels like in victory, he's almost getting more criticism for some of his game management. And I think that that's fair to do. Where do you rank Sean McVay? Does Does the Super Bowl championship change your opinion of him? Or what was your opinion before and does it change after? You know, I think he's a little bit like Andy Reid. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's done a really good job of coaching, you know, and, and developing the quarterback. I think you can't deny that. I think there are there is room for improvement in this game management. I think, look, let's be real clear here. I mean, we might not be having this conversation about the Rams winning if the referees would have called the false start on third and eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we could talk about the – we could talk all we want about the, the holding call that wasn't a holding call. But the call of the game, the call of the game missed by four referees, four officials, the, the, bat, the, the umpire, the referee, and the two line judges that missed the false start. If you watch it on tape, it's really bad. And that, then, then what would have happened is the Cooper Cup holding call would have never been allowed. The whistle should have been blown. The play would have stopped. It would have then been third and eight from the third and 14 from the 14, third and goal from the 14. And maybe he would have gotten the ball in, but we might not be having this conversation. So I think you can't deny Sean's outstanding as an offensive coach. I think Sean's deficiencies, particularly in these games, I think his ability to adjust, his inability to adjust his run game against what the Bengals defense was doing to him, which was clear on the tape, was disappointing. 
His ability to manage games during the game is somewhat disappointing, but he has an ability to overcome and he gets his team ready to play. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. You know, we're, we're ranking the top, our top 10 head coaches in the NFL. And when you analyze the team in the offseason, you're looking at win totals, odds. A coach plays a big part in how you think about a team. To me, there's no doubt you always start the list with Bill Belichick. You still do. I'm curious who you put up there in that top five with Belichick right now. I think last year you have to put Mike Tomlin number two because mm-hmm. I think if anybody's coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers with a broken down quarterback, I don't think they win half those games. Right. <laughs> so I think that, I think you got to go there. I think you got to put Sean Payton number three. I think Sean Payton's coaching job in New Orleans this year was absolutely fabulous with no quarterback and just being a, a very close to making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then I think you know Andy Reid did a really good job. I think Andy Reid's always consistent in terms of what he's able to bring to the table as a coach. And, and all the things that he's done in his career. So I, I think those would be my top four. Uh, you know, I, I think when you when you start looking at head coaches, to me, we have entered into the era of the, the guy just runs one side of the ball. You know, I mean, some people think Matt LaFleur is the best coach in all of football. Well, how can you be the best coach of all? I know, laugh. Me too, Matt. Uh, I mean, how can you be the best coach in all of football when your special teams are that bad? Right. You know, how, how – how can you be that poor in, in that area? And so I, I just think to me, there, there's sometimes we just don't really understand what a true head coach has to do and what he's able to do. So those would be my top four as I look at it just mm-hmm. on the surface. But I, I don't think you can not. I mean, look, Sean McDermott's a really good coach. Yep. I probably would, might, might put him at five. I was really disappointed in his 13 seconds. I mean, that 13 seconds will live in infamy. I mean, there's no way he can label that and put that on lack of execution. That was a lack of situational awareness that really comes into play. And, you know, I I know the Bengals have extended Zach Taylor, and and they think he did really well. But I think if you read Zach Taylor's comments on why why Prime was in the game and why he wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that makes you think that he's got a ways to become even a better coach. And I think that's important. Yeah. Parcell said this after he, Parcell said this after he lost. He, he lost to the Bears twenty-one to nothing in Chicago in the game where Sean Landetta missed a punt, you know, and they fumbled a bunch. And he got on the airplane flying home, and he said to his high school coach, who was his mentor, Mickey Cochran, he said, "You know, Mick, I, what am I going to do?" And Mick said, "Look, at the end of the day, you had four or five situations you could have made a difference, and you didn't. Wow. It's on you." Mm-hmm. And and I thought that Zach Taylor's performance in the Super Bowl was on him. There were four or five chances he could have made a difference, and he didn't. That's right. Totally agree. And I don't have Matt LaFleur anywhere near my top ten, Nor just uh, for the record. By the <laughs> no, 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 Matt, Matthew, no better does. I mean, that's just what's so good about our network is no, we see that the betters understand it, whereas the, the, the mainstream media, you know, they, they just grade the wins. And as Bill Walsh said, the scoreboard takes care of itself, right? And so when you out, so when you out look the scoreboard and you say, okay, let's just evaluate these guys on how they put their team in position to win the game. You know, LaFleur certainly isn't in the top 10. Couldn't agree more. Uh, we've got about 90 seconds to go, Michael. Very quickly. I, I, I miss Vrabel. I would probably put Vrabel. Yeah, I, I like Vrabel. Yeah, I'm not going to give it all away, but I'm, yeah. he's in my top five for sure. Very quickly, I'll get about a minute to go. I just want to get your thoughts very quickly on Arizona. What's going on with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, King Kyler, as I used to call him in college. What's going on there? Is this thing, are they going to make this marriage work again, or has he got to go somewhere else? I think he's, you know, I've said it all year on my podcast. I've said it on the show. I mean, watch his body language during games. It's atrocious. I mean, his, he blames everybody. He's, he's not an endearing teammate. I mean, they got to fix him. 
they've got to figure out a way to fix him. We, I believe a lot of this is contractually, but they've got to fix him. There's no alternative. I mean, look, they went all in on him with the coach and with, with the Josh Rosen trade and all those things that they blew. They've got to make it work. Can it work? To me, it remains to be seen because when it counts, he plays as small as he is. I totally agree. Uh, Michael, really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we'll catch up again next week. Of course, everybody here in the VEASAN Network, check them out on the Lombardi line each and every day. Michael, thank you very much for your time today, as always, sir. Hey guys. There he All is. Right, Michael Lombardi, everybody. When we come back, Matt. Good stuff. We covered a lot of ground there. We really uh, did. We're going to talk stuff. more about those quarterbacks mm-hmm. when we come back here because there is going to be a carousel. Yeah. Before you put those future wagers in, you probably want to try the pathway at who's going to be where in the National Football League. Come on back. Follow the money right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Sports Betting Network. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. This is Follow the Money right here on VEASAN. Had a very interesting conversation, as they normally are, with Michael Lombardi in the last segment. We talked about Kyler Murray, whether or not he's going to be able to kind of put everything back together, if you will, in Arizona. Now, look, he says, that's not what I'm about, all the social media crap that's going on. I'm just about the football. I don't know if that's going to be the case. And there are some props up there right now that you can wager on. And how about this one for good measure? 
which Arizona Cardinal quarterback will take the first snap in week number one of the regular season? If you think it's Kyler Murray, you got to lay a big number minus 1,000. Any other quarterback plus 550. Now, that line movement, by the way, it's moved because it was minus 2,000 down to 1,000. And any other quarterback went from plus 850 to plus 550. So all of a sudden, people are thinking that this is, you know, a divorce, not that I've ever been married. Irreconcilable differences. We just no, can't get so it hasn't come close to that stage We're not yet. there yet. No, not even close. Well, because it can't be if you're Cliff Kingsbury. you got to make this work. you got to make this marriage work. You've set your whole reputation in the NFL. you got the job based on Kyle Well, and Murray. he made a right move when Cliff Kingsbury took over. When he was surprisingly hired by the Cardinals. He ditched Josh Rosen, got pulled the plug right away and said, Kyler Murray's my guy. We're going to go forward with him. Uh, he thought he could be a dynamic little quarterback in the NFL, and he has been for the most part until he got the ankle injury uh, late last season. He was a totally different player after that point. As far as this prop goes, I think if you if you put up like an eight to one on any other quarterback, um, yeah, you you probably look to to take the big plus price because things could fall apart this offseason. We have several months to go before we get to. Uh, let me, let me throw this at you, too, Dave. Bring it. And this is soap opera storylines aside. How about if Kyler Murray suffers an injury in the preseason? Which oh. Cardinals QB will take the first snap in week one? It wouldn't be Kyler Murray. So it doesn't, he doesn't have to be traded. He could also be injured. Uh, right, there, although there preseason. Could ham, there could be a hamstring injury. Yeah, it could be all but, sorts of things. But, Matt, this isn't preseason football from 10 years ago. Are you going to lay 1,000 on that and risk that he's either if he's on the roster, they're not going to play him in the preseason barely at all anymore. It would have to be a it could be a training camp issue that could happen for sure. He can get hurt in practice. He could have COVID. He, well, he could be sick. No, no, it's over in the NFL. Don't you know? It's over. They don't he's, test anymore. Well, not, not in week one, just in the playoffs. COVID <laughs> doesn't matter. But your point's well taken. COVID it disappears, but it could be an injury. You're it not going to weigh a thousand. No. Uh, on this, by the way, for those who don't know, you'd have to bet a thousand dollars just to win a hundred. That's what that means. If um, I think if you put the odds up there like 8-1 to one or so, any other quarterback, you'd probably look to take the plus price. There's a lot of things. I believe Kyler Murray's still going to be with the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, this is his last chance. Mm-hmm. you got to make it work in 2022 or he's going to be gone. Kyler Murray's probably going to be gone. I think they're going to run it back, as they say, one more time and try to make it work in Arizona. Uh, but I'm not laying minus no. 1,000 on a price at this point that that's going to happen. I agree. I believe he will be back in Arizona for the reasons we mentioned that Cliff Kingsbury really is on Cliff, much more so than Kyler. It's really on Cliff Kingsbury. He has got to figure out a way because he basically sold himself as the guy that if I get the number one pick, which he did, I'll draft Kyler Murray and great things are going to happen. Well, good Uh things have happened. Not great things. He didn't make the playoffs this year. And again, Kyler Murray is taken to the IG, which is what the kids do these days. I don't know what this is all don't, about. Don't read that statement. But, but I'll just give you the paraphrase. I Love me care, or hate me. I couldn't me. care less what he says. Love me or hate uh, me, but I'm going to continue to grow. What do you expect him to say? <laughs> I, I hate huh? the Cardinals. Yeah. Right? I scrubbed I the Cardinals off my Instagram, but I still love the team. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that is a little bit concerning, too. If you're going to lay 1,000 on Kyler Murray being the week one quarter, why did would he scrub the team off his all his social media? And... You know that what his hints is? that there's a there could be a pretty big problem brewing, but I think Cliff Kingsbury has got to do everything he can 
to try to make it work because uh, you know what his avi is. He's Matt? tied to Kyler because huh? I know you're into this stuff. No, I don't know. His avi is a picture of him in his Oklahoma Sooners okay. uniform and Oakland A's, no Cardinals. So before you lay that wager, just know that information. How about the the G man? Well, he's not going to be playing baseball this year. No, he's not. Hopefully, we play baseball at all. Mm-hmm. How about the G-Men? Because uh, Danny Dimes, it's very interesting. You have a whole new regime change in New York. Joe Judge, out. Dave Gettleman, out. All this new blood comes in, and what do they do? Daniel Jones is our guy. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're not tethered to him at all. They don't, they don't owe Danny Dimes anything. So the prop here is, will Danny Dimes be the quarterback week number one in the New York football Giants? Well, minus 400. Any other quarterback plus 280. You're going to nibble with the new regime that they go, you know what, maybe we can get something. Well, I don't know they're gonna, there's a trade market for Daniel Jones. There is one for Kyler Murray. I don't think there is one for Daniel Jones. What do you make of this prop? Uh, Brian Dable, the uh, former Bills OC, taking over the Giants. He's been complimentary, Daniel Jones. Very that's much. a guy he wants to work with. I think it's more likely than not that uh, DJ is going to be the quarterback for the Giants in week one. I, just, I think 400 is probably about the right price on this okay. prop. I'll pass on this one. Yeah, something doesn't feel right here because David's got to say that. But Yeah, it, but you also have to look, what are the other options? And that's the thing. We all like to play fantasy football and say, Russell Wilson's not going to be suiting up well, for the Giants. The one thing Aaron is. Aaron Rodgers not suiting. Deshaun Watson's not suiting up for the Giants. They have a load, and I mean a load, of draft picks, high draft picks. That they could deal. Have you, have you looked at this year's uh, rookie quarterback class? No, and, but if you want to say, to, let's just say, if you want to go and call Seattle, and you go, we'll give you three number ones. Give you three number ones. Russell Wilson, you bite? Because that's where well, this, this prop could come into play. If I were the Seahawks front office, I know Pete Carroll, like Michael Lombardi said, needs Russell Wilson to turn this thing around. Absolutely does. Or if I'm the GM and yeah. I got a long-term contract, I'm taking the three first-round picks. That's exactly it. It's it's whether or not. Pete but I don't Carroll, think that's going to happen. Well, that's it. All so. comes down to whether or not Pete Carroll can make that decision, right? If Pete Carroll's making the decision, Russell Wilson isn't uh-huh. going anywhere. Minus four hundred would be the way to go. If you're going to go in the front office and go, you know what, Pete's not going to be around after next year. We're going to go in a new direction. So let's let's stock up. Let's tank and not tank. Nobody tanks in the NFL unless Stephen Ross is involved. But basically, they say, you know what? We want to get that capital. We need that draft capital. We got to rebuild this thing. Legion of Boom is long gone. Mm-hmm. So any other quarterback at plus 280, it makes sense to deal. Well, it does. I think it makes sense, but I don't believe it's going to happen. If you told me I had to bet this prop, I'd lay the $4 on Russell Wilson to be the, the quarterback for the Seahawks in week one. Now, yeah. you know, you and I both think it makes sense for the Seahawks to trade Russ, let Russ cook somewhere else and take the three draft picks, yeah. three first-rounders back, I would make that deal. I don't think the Seahawks are going to make the deal. I, and that's why yes. when you make these bets, you have to t- sometimes take your opinion out of it and say, what's the team going to do? Correct. I actually think because when they brought back Pete Carroll, that signified to me right. they're going to bring back Russell Wilson. By the way, I was very high on them at the end of the year. And you do have to be fair. I mean, Russell Wilson was gone for the majority of last season. Uh-huh. When he played at the end, that looked like a different football team. I can't wait to see what their over-under is. Let me tell you uh, something else about Russell Wilson. Sorry to interrupt you real right. quick, but uh, if you watched him last year, I felt like he was out of shape, maybe a little bit overweight. He didn't have the same mobility. He didn't like, like the same player to me. Ooh. And also, if go back and watch some tape of the Seahawks last season. He was, 
you know, you, you can blame the offensive line. You can blame Russell Wilson was not the same dynamic quarterback. He was not the same playmaker. And if you watch him and you wonder how effective is he going to be when he doesn't, if he doesn't have the same ability as he gets older, are you going to trade three first-round draft picks for him? Got to think about those things. Watch the tape to see if he's still the All same right. guy. How about New Orleans? Because uh, famous Jameis there, plus 340 to be the guy. Remember, he's not under contract. Right. They don't have to give him anything. He can walk right now. They want him to walk. Any other quarterback, minus 500, which tells you that they don't believe number two is coming back in the Big Easy. Sean Payton's gone. Right now, obviously, you have Dennis Allen, who's taken over, so there's familiarity there. Which way would you go in this prop? Any other quarterback. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Winston, but we don't know what Dennis Allen and uh, the Saints front office has in store here. I think that why would you and, and why would you give Taysom Hill the the contract that the Saints gave him last year if he was not going to be your starting quarterback in twenty twenty two? But that's Peyton, and he's gone. Right, so now you, you're well, not tethered there. The GM there. played a role in that too, he did. and uh, Mickey Loomis. So it's—I don't know, man. I, I just—I never understood the Taysom Hill contract. If he was not going to be your starting quarterback next season, why would Miss Mickey Loomis sign off on that? And I, I did believe that was Sean Payton's pet project, talking about Taysom Hill. It this was. This is a tough one, actually. Is. This is a. This is one of the more intriguing questions when you're talking about quarterbacks and teams in the uh, in the offseason. What will the Saints do? Because it feels like the defense is still ready-made with Dennis Allen still uh, taking over the reins as the head coach. We'll do some more of that quarterback carousel when we come back right here. Follow the money on VEASAN, the sports betting now. The Sports Betting Network. One of the top experts over at winnersandwiners.com, David Hess, has just been killing it in college basketball. He's gone 6-1 last week with his daily top play. He's giving out tonight's play absolutely free. No strings, just a top-rated play from a top-rated handicapper. Just text VEASAN, area code 320 350 3,500. Okay. That's VEASAN to area code 320, 350, 3,500. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. This is Follow the Money. We were talking about NFL quarterbacks, Matt. And it is interesting, certainly, what's going to happen in Denver with all the speculation. But they're just going to get Aaron Rodgers. And as Michael Lombardi has pointed out, you got to trade for Aaron Rodgers. He's still under contract in Green Bay. Michael believes that he's going to stay right there in Green Bay, which would make this prop very interesting who Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is gone Dave Whoa. he's gone he's gone huh he's who? moved on when is that he? relationship is over oh we're talking about his uh oh. his, his engagement or his relationship with the Packers I don't what know what happened there what happened Aaron Rodgers engagement he's, he was a happy guy Matt, wait a minute now we cannot uh, throw stones you and I as two single men here on the set of Vicent right you and I've never taking that plunge. Neither is Aaron Rodgers. That's what we, the three of us have in common. Now, we haven't won back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, how happy he was when he got engaged. And, oh, they were like, a, they did right a couple's woman. thing, and they were at some exotic island. I don't know who she is, and I tweeted that out on Twitter. Shailene of, Woodley? I'm not really sure. I think she's an actress. But, she was uh, in Big Little Lies, which is the only thing that I knew her from. That's it. She was in that. I like that show on HBO. It was very good. 
But I really, I have no idea who these people are, Matt. I am not a celebrity clout chaser, followed the lives of the rich and famous. It does absolutely nothing for me. I never watched the Kardashian show. I don't know which Kardashian's with with the NBA star. I well, just don't talking, care. I don't watch this stuff either. He ditched uh, Danica Patrick. No, I do um, like Danica Patrick. Reportedly has called off the engagement. Maybe she called it off. Who knows? But well, anyway, well, the, the it doesn't look as likely. Happy. A lot of people thought it was a foregone conclusion that Rodgers is going to be in Denver. And then they hire Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, as coach. All the, That's as Dave likes to say, the tea leaves yeah. look like they're pointing to, um, to Rodgers being with the Broncos. But it's not that simple. And the Packers... Saying, hey, we're going to go all in to keep you. Michael Lombardi says he thinks Rodgers are going to resign in Green Bay for $50 million. Can they bring back Devontae Adams? You think Rodgers probably doesn't want to stay in Green Bay if Devontae Adams Franchise is not part, tag is not part of the deal? So looks like uh, the Packers are going to try to run it back. Plus 500 that Teddy Bridgewater is the day one QB in the Mile High City. Plus. Well, there's been stories circulating, too, that the, the Broncos want to make a big run at Russell Wilson. Uh, they can't get They, they want to make a run at somebody. They want, want to make a run at Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I think Teddy B is not only the backup plan, he's probably like plan D. The Broncos have plan A, Rodgers, plan B, Russell Wilson, plan C, Deshaun Watson. Who knows what else they have um, in mind, but Teddy Bridgewater's got to be uh, – down the list as an option for the Broncos. Well, but. that was Vic Fangio's guy, right? Play it close to the vest. Trust your defense. Don't sure. turn it over. That's why it worked. That's why, theoretically, before Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, he didn't want to go to Drew Locke. We all know that. So any other quarterback right now, minus 800, Teddy B at plus 500. I think you and I think that the minus money, even though it's a little bit high. Yeah, I'm not going to wait $8. I mean, it's easy just to pass on a prop like that. I think it's more of a conversation topic yeah. than it is a bet. Teddy Bridgewater would make sense if the Buccaneers don't make a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he would make sense for Tampa Bay. There's, there's going to be some possible landing spots for the Saints. Who know? Might, might be a landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is a happy guy? You know, I don't really care about his happiness, but I, I would guess that probably not. You know, happy wife, happy life. We don't have wives. Maybe yeah. we're just not happy. I think Zach Wilson's happy. By the way, I saw Zach Wilson in some uh, interesting pictures, too, for the young kid. Uh-huh. What's that? With, with some older uh, supermodels. I can't remember her name. I told you, I don't know the Hollywood people. But it was like somebody twice his age he was hanging out with. Really? Beautiful. Zach Wilson is minus 1,400 to be the starting quarterback. Day number one for the JETS, Jets, Jets. Any other quarterback plus 700. I don't think Mike White is a guy that's going to factor into this equation. Barring injury, they got to play this kid. Even though it was very much down more than up in year number one, I mean, when you draft a kid this high a year ago yeah. and you're the Jets, you, you can't not play number two. No, but you're not going to lay 1,400 because of what I said about injury being a, a possibility that could throw a wrinkle into this prop. Why would Zach Wilson not be taking snaps for the Jets in week one? He could be, could be injured. Other than that, I think Zach Wilson's going to be the guy who's starting for the Jets when the season opens, right? Because Gotta be. if you draft him that highly last year, you, you're not going to give up on him one year into the project. And you still have the same head coach, the same program in place. Zach Whistle's your guy, and I still think he's got the talent, too, um, to I be agree. a franchise quarterback. I, I'm really surprised that some people have given up on him so quickly. I believe it was Cindy Crawford that he was pictured with, but I'm not. I'm really? not sure. I'm just throwing out names. Okay. Now. 
But it was somebody that I went, whoa, like, good for you, kid. She's more than 20. She's about 50, isn't she? Yeah, there's nothing wrong. 50 is the new 30, Matt. Wait, he's, what's he, 22? Like 14. Uh, per ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, and I quote, Deshaun Watson has begun evaluating potential fits for his services in 2022. She's 55. Cindy Crawford's 55? Yeah. She's amazing. Wow. I'm still single. Okay. Deshaun Watson, by the way, in 2022, looking at the Bucks and Vikings among teams on his radar, which I just find so pretentious for a guy who's got a lot of legal hurdles just to get back in the league. Michael Lombardi said it. He's not playing in Houston. Forget about that. What do you make of Deshaun calling his shots, oh, he's if not you will? Calling his shot. He's just evaluating where he might have a chance to go. He's no, no. Not, he's, he's saying these are the teams I want to play for. He's evaluating potential fits. What does That's that what mean it to says. you? Huh? What does that mean to you? He's looking at spots where he might be able to go. He's saying, I want to play either in Tampa now that Tommy Tequila's gone and or Vikings. Is he going to end up in one of those spots? I doubt it. What do you think it ends up? Buccaneers might be an option. I don't, I don't know why the Vikings would be. I would think the Buccaneers and the Panthers. I still think the Panthers are probably the most likely team uh, to land Deshaun Watson. Matt Rule's got to get that thing turned around quickly. He might right? be last. Or he's going to be done. No So course. I think Matt Rule is going to do everything he can to bring in a quarterback like Deshaun Watson to get that offense fixed this offseason. I tend to agree. If Matt Rule's got to do something. Look, I took a, an overplay last year in Carolina. They were 3-0, and and I felt like a genius. Like, I'm the smartest guy here. And it didn't end up well. Per Chris Mortensen, Mort Report, Carson Wentz, quote, will probably, unquote, be cut or traded before March 19th when his 15 mil base salary becomes fully guaranteed. Future with the team is, quote, bleak. What do you do with Carson Wentz if you're Frank Reich? That's your guy from Philly. That was your guy. Uh, things didn't go well at the end of the season for Carson Wentz and the Colts. I think his decision-making was left a lot to be desired. I've, I was somewhat of a pro Carson Wentz guy going into the season. I thought Frank Wright could fix him. I thought that the uh, the Colts were a sleeper team that could do some damage in the AFC playoffs. And then when they had to win that home game against the Titans, they go to overtime. First possession of overtime, Jonathan Taylor's wide open out of the backfield. You dump it off to him, he runs 25 yards, nobody close to him. You get in field goal range, you win the game. Carson Wentz throws into triple coverage, and the pass gets picked <laughs> off. How poorly did he play in week 17 at Jacksonville? I mean, those are games that you look at his decision-making process, you say, well, maybe he's not going to be the franchise quarterback and get us there. If Here's the thing. If Frank Reich doesn't believe in Carson Wentz, who will? Well, that's the thing. Does Carson Wentz have a home anymore? Well, I, he'll probably find one, but he's going to have to compete for a job. I don't think anything's going to be given to him at this point. I agree. Just there's. Again, that does feel like a front office head coach thing where maybe Wright goes, give me one more shot with, with him. I can, I can fix him one more time. And Chris Bauer goes, nah, we've gone down that road. I mean, I was yeah, saying I last year they should have called up Phillip Rivers. See if old man yeah. Rivers and his 14 kids, he wanted to get off the couch and give a run back. I mean, when seriously, when he got hurt, when Carson Wentz had the bad ankles, yeah. I was like, man, you have a, that defense still pretty good. You've got weapons. You may be able to win with a real quarterback. We'll never know. Jimmy G. Now, the Niners seem poised to move on from Jimmy and give the keys to the number three overall seem pick. Seem poised? Uh, they're moving on, yes. It's Trey Lance. Or perhaps Thomas Edward Michael Brady Patrick Fourth, whatever his name is. There's no way Tom Brady. This isn't going to happen, right? This is just fodder. 
Oh, there's a way it could happen, sure. Like, the way Brady could end up with a 40 People are betting on it as we speak. They're playing the 49ers on futures because there are credible sources out there that say that Brady could end up with San Francisco via trade. And maybe Jimmy G ends up in Tampa. I think it's something you have to keep an eye on. First of all, how much belief do you think that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have in Trey Lance and that they can win with him in 2022? I think very little. But they better believe in him. They drafted well, him. That, that okay. brain trust, Matt. They, okay. they, I mean, if well, you, that same dr- brain trust. You traded up to get him. You traded up to get him. Right. So you better be right. Well, it's year two. That doesn't mean he's ready to win in year two. If you're going to trade up to get him, maybe you say by the third year he's going to be ready. Don't forget, Trey Lance did not have a lot of experience in college. No, he didn't. And he's a very young quarterback. Hey, the Packers traded up for Jordan Love. They still don't want to play him. True. When we come back, we're going to talk about some Heisman Trophy numbers out there that might intrigue your eye. Come on back. Follow the money on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Follow the money on VSET, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There's CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now even the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross alongside Matt Newman's follow the money right here on VEASAN. And we do want to get into the college basketball slate a little bit tonight. And we do have a big one in the Big Ten. Now, again, you look at Michigan and Iowa on the surface, you go, well, these are tournament teams. Eh, better start picking it up here late as we get to the latter stages of February. Who think? Who might you think tonight, Matt, Michigan or Iowa get off on the good foot as they try to make a late run just to make sure they get into the tournament and then see if they can make some noise in the big dance. You know, we talked about this game at the start of the show. Michigan was uh, plus six and a half in mm-hmm. a couple of spots, including the Westgate Superbook. That number's dropped to six and five and a half Ooh. at most spots. I said at six and a half, I would take uh, the Wolverines. I don't have a, this is not a bet for me in this game, but the Wolverines have won uh, two of their last three. Uh, they blew out Purdue by 24 points. They've been playing better basketball. I, I I can find more reasons to believe in this Michigan team right now. And when you have a big like Hunter Dickinson, yeah, I think they could be dangerous when they get in the tournament. I don't think they'll go that far. They just don't have the depth uh, to do it. Uh, 
In terms of this matchup with Iowa, I think Michigan's going to try to slow this game down a little bit. Iowa's all offense, no defense. That's always the story with Fran McCaffrey, but this team, the Hawkeyes have averaged 104 points in their past two games. That's against Maryland and Nebraska. Michigan's going to put up a lot more resistance. But, yeah, both these teams are 7-6 and six in the Big Ten. They, each team needs a win like this to strengthen its resume. So this is a very important game for both teams. I think Iowa probably sneaks out the win. Uh, but at at six and a half, which was the number overnight, mm-hmm. I would have played the Wolverines. I, I, I would have suggested that anyway. I did not play it. I had the chance to take the six and a half with Michigan, and I passed. Um, these teams, by the way, are going to play again in about two weeks. So uh, two, two spots here for uh, Michigan and Iowa to uh, face each other late in the Big Ten season. Uh, probably lean to the road dog tonight, but not a play. You know, we've talked a little bit about Oregon State this week. I mean, just they were in the Final Four last year. And then you look at this year and you go, what has happened to the Beavers? The other night, it's Colorado. I think they were getting like five and a half. And a, they lost by, by, by a thousand. They just get blown out. Now, they got to go on the road and take on Arizona. The third-ranked Wildcats going to lay a huge number against the Beavers. Is there any way I can entice you on that huge number? In Oregon State. You know, there's been a little play overnight on Oregon State, believe it or not. That number was as high as 26. Now I'm seeing some 24s out there. Uh, the Beavers have failed to cover their past eight games. I think they look like a hopeless team at this point. Uh, the thing is, Arizona's got bigger games on deck. And if you're Tommy Lloyd, the uh, the Cats coach, when you get a big lead, you got to pull your starters out of this game and just sit on it because – there's no, there's no point when you have bigger games to play to, uh, to try to beat down Oregon State by, by 35, right? You get it, you get a 30 point lead, you pull your starters out, and that's where I think you have a danger of a backdoor cover here for Oregon State. Anytime you're talking about a number this big, it's never easy to lay it, and I, I don't bet big favorites like this. Yeah, it just seems way too big. But again, if you can figure out a pathway, I think you just nailed it. Maybe late Arizona calls off the dogs. And then the Beavers. Might not even be that late. It could yeah. be with 10 minutes left, Arizona calls off the dogs. It's Arizona right now is 22-2, and 12-1 in the Pac-12. Up two and a half games on USC and Oregon, up three on UCLA. So this looks like it's going to be the Pac-12 champ right here. Uh, there's really no incentive to, uh, to win games by 40 points. Arizona <laughs> uh, can call off the dogs pretty early. Yeah, not college football. You don't need to run it up. You're just going to win. Oregon against Arizona State. Uh, I wonder if the Forks will be up tonight uh, in Arizona State against the Ducks here. What what do you make of of these two teams out here in the Pac-12? And I know Oregon's kind of been this up-and-down team this year. What do you make of this matchup tonight? Well, it's hard to know exactly what to make of Oregon because Mm -hmm. the Ducks have won five of the last six, but the one loss was a head-scratcher. A home, a 14-point home loss to Cal? Uh, I'm not sure... What happened to Dana Altman's team in that spot? But uh, otherwise, Oregon's played decent basketball the last couple weeks. Arizona State, Bobby Hurley still got these guys playing hard. We saw the, the upset of UCLA mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago. So even though it's been uh, more or less a disastrous season for the Sun Devils, Hurley still does the, have these guys playing hard. The number's four and a half, so it's not like Arizona State's a big home dog. Um this is about where I made the number, and I don't see an angle here that's going to get me uh, to make a bet on this game. I, 
I'm probably not going to play it. Okay, so maybe a pass for Matt on that with Oregon four-and-a-half-point road favorites. Colorado State, the Rams going to take on New Mexico. This will be interesting with New Mexico coming off that big win the other night at home against Wyoming. And now the quick turn here for Colorado State coming in. I wonder, might this be a spot to fade New Mexico? I'm not going to fade the Lobos here. I'm actually going to take the points. And, in fact, I took the points overnight. I took seven and a half with uh, New Mexico. I did play New Mexico and took the points against uh, Wyoming a couple days ago, and that paid off. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with that side. A lot of times it's better when a team's paying you off. You just stick with it. And I'm going to do that here with the Lobos. Jalen House had 34 points. Jamal Mashburn Jr., 18. And that uh, upset of Wyoming at the pit a couple of nights ago. The problem with this New Mexico team, and this could end up being uh, their downfall in this game, the Lobos don't have much strength inside around the basket. And David Roddy, the big body mm-hmm. for Colorado State, is <laughs> probably going to be dominant in this game. Roddy could put up some big numbers, and he could be the reason Colorado State pulls away and wins this game by double digits. New Mexico's basically got three scores, but two of those guys are really dynamic. And uh, they're capable of pulling off the upset. They got two of the best guards, or at least two of the best scoring guards in the Mountain West Conference in House and uh, Mashburn. Lobos won four of their last five. They're off the upset of Wyoming. I'm going to keep riding the hot team. I've bet New Mexico a few times recently. I'm going to do it again tonight. Okay. And uh, Colorado State, by the way, watch this. This is a tough road trip. The Rams are going to be in Vegas on Saturday. So they're going to be in Albuquerque Thursday night, Vegas on Saturday. That's a tough back-to-back on the road. And I don't think they're going to cover both games. Okay, so taking the seven and a half, it's interesting because I was wondering if, you know, coming off the high of that, that big win against Wyoming, no. Matt's going to ride with the Lobos here, taking those seven well, and a half. Well, they just took down a team that if you, if you do power ratings, I've got Colorado State one point better than Wyoming. Mm. Okay, so I took six with uh, the Lobos against Wyoming. They won the game by nine, uh, speaking of New Mexico. Yeah. As a six-point dog, won the game by nine. Uh, here I'm I'm catching seven and a half. Uh, I don't think the matchup is quite as good because Colorado State, like I said, Roddy could dominate this game around the basket. Uh, but the Lobos are a hot. They're starting to become a hot team. I actually think Richard Patino's got these guys playing a lot better. Hmm. And with uh, the way House and Mashburn are shooting the ball, why not? I, I could actually see the Lobos pulling the outright upset. I don't think they will. I think they're going to lose a close game at the pit. How about Nevada against San Jose State? And again, it'll be a, a late one, at least in the East Coast, uh, for this matchup here. So, how about the tip-off time for this, Dave? How about that? Uh, midnight Eastern. Yeah. Midnight. So, like, look, if you've had a either a really good day or a really rough day, you see this game, you're like, man, I'm going to just. I'm looking forward to this game. One of the few people on the planet probably who are looking forward to this game. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I watch these teams play. Two nights ago in Reno. Yeah. This is, a, I think, a rescheduling situation in the Mountain West. San Jose is 0-13 in the conference. Okay, Tim Miles, former Colorado State Nebraska coach, took this impossible, rather impossible task at San Jose State trying to build this program. He's 0-13. He's a really good coach. Another guy, first year in the program, he's got these guys playing hard. They keep get, getting beat down. They keep coming back. And playing hard. And San Jose lives and dies by the three. A couple of nights ago in Reno, the Spartans hit 14 of 32 threes. They were right in the game as a one-possession game late. 
They end up losing by nine free throws, missed threes. But they got a player in Omari Moore, a 6'6 junior guard from Pasadena, who's a player. He had 22 points in that game. Anytime you have a team that's hungry to pick up its first conference win at this point, these guys don't want to go winless in conference. No. And anytime you have a team like this that can shoot the three, it's going to be a dangerous dog. And I think San Jose feels like uh, San Jose players probably feel like they let Reno off the hook two nights ago. I think this could be San Jose's first Mountain West win tonight. Uh, I'm gonna, t- I, I'm taking the eight. I took it overnight. I'm taking, taking the, the eight. Taking the eight in the late night game with San Jose State. And you will be up to late late night to watch it. I can't wait to to see how how much sleep you get tonight. No more football, no problem, because Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and much, much more. Don't miss out on Bet River's da- many daily specials. Or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can get on your withdrawal approval happening very fast, with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. When we come back, Mike North going to join the program from Chicago. Come on back, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 